Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us as we delve deeper into the fascinating world of generative AI. I'm your host, Daphne, and with me today is Michael, our in-house expert on all things AI. Today, we'll focus on the strategies for successful AI implementation in business. Michael, how are you today? I'm doing great, Daphne. Thanks for having me. This is such an important topic, and I'm excited to get into the details. So let's start at the beginning. The first step, as we've mentioned, is defining objectives and scope. Could you give us a practical example, Michael? Absolutely. Let's say a company wants to improve its customer service. The objective could be as specific as reducing average customer query resolution time by 20%. This clarity helps in deciding which AI applications to use. Maybe a chatbot for initial query filtering, for example. So, defining a specific measurable goal is crucial. How often do you see companies failing at this first step? Surprisingly often, actually. Organizations sometimes get so caught up in the idea of incorporating AI that they forget to ask why they're doing it in the first place. That's insightful. So remember, folks, be crystal clear about what you want to achieve with AI and make sure it aligns with your company's broader goals. Exactly. And sometimes it's also helpful to involve different departments in these initial discussions to get multiple perspectives. Good point. Multiple viewpoints can help in refining the objectives. So once the objectives are clear, the next step is to assess the existing infrastructure, right? Correct. You need to make sure that your current systems can handle the new AI components you're planning to integrate. You'll need to consider hardware and software, data storage, and even internet bandwidth. That sounds like a hefty task. Do companies usually do this in-house or seek external consultation? It can be a mix. Larger companies might have in-house experts, but smaller companies often benefit from third-party assessments. Either way, the assessment needs to be comprehensive. So if uh, a company were to ignore this step, what are the risks involved? The risks could range from system crashes and data loss to failed implementation entirely. The last thing you want is to invest in an AI system that your existing infrastructure can't support. Now, the third step involves choosing the right tools and partners. This sounds like a decision that could make or break the implementation. Absolutely. Imagine trying to paint a masterpiece with a toothbrush. It's all about having the right tools for the job. And beyond that, you also want a technology partner that aligns with your business's ethical standards and long-term goals. Could you elaborate a bit more on the ethical aspect? Well, some AI providers might offer very powerful tools, but if they've been shown to have lax data privacy policies or if they source their data unethically, that's a red flag. Your tech partnerships reflect on your own business's integrity. And you need to keep in mind the upcoming EU AI Act, of course. Business partners that already are thinking about how they can tackle this act are one step ahead already. For our listeners, we have talked about this in the previous episode, if you want to know a bit more. That's a great point. Ethical considerations should not be an afterthought. Let's move to the fourth step, team training and skill development. How does a company even begin to tackle this? Education is crucial, and I'm not just talking about seminars or one-off workshops. Effective training is an ongoing process. Your team needs to understand not just how to use the AI tools, but also why they are using them. So, would this training be just for the tech team, or should it be organization-wide? 
Oh, it should absolutely be organization-wide. For example, your marketing team should understand how AI can affect customer outreach and your HR should know how AI might be used in talent acquisition or employee engagement. It sounds like companies might need to rethink their entire training strategies. They might. AI has ripple effects throughout an organization and training should be just as comprehensive. So the fifth step is about pilot testing. Why is this so important, Michael? Pilot testing is essentially the rehearsal before the live performance of your AI implementation. It's an opportunity to catch any glitches, bottlenecks, or unexpected outcomes in a controlled environment. Would you recommend doing this internally, or could this also be done with a subset of actual end users? Both have their merits. Internal testing keeps things in-house and might be more secure, but testing with a subset of actual users can provide invaluable feedback on user experience and engagement. So you're essentially de-risking the entire process by conducting these pilot tests. Exactly. The last thing you want is for something to go wrong in full-scale implementation that could have easily been caught in a pilot phase. So after pilot testing, we collect all the data, and then what? You'll need to analyze this data meticulously. Look for patterns, see what worked and what didn't, and don't hesitate to make necessary adjustments before full-scale implementation. The final step, step six, is ongoing. Monitor, evaluate, and iterate. What does this look like in practice? In practice, this means keeping a vigilant eye on how the AI is performing according to the KPIs you've set based on your initial objectives. Are you achieving that 20% reduction in customer query resolution time, for example? This sounds like it involves more than just the tech team. Oh, absolutely. Multiple departments will be interested in these results. HR may want to know how AI is affecting employee workload, and marketing might be interested in how AI impacts customer satisfaction. So, monitoring and iterating should be a part of the organization's DNA if it wishes to succeed in implementing AI. Absolutely. The world of AI is always evolving, and your approach to implementation should be equally dynamic. Yes, indeed. Let's end our podcast series with the future of generative AI. It is a topic full of possibilities, isn't it, Michael? Absolutely, Daphne. The future is not just promising, it's actually unfolding before our eyes. The pace of development in generative AI is staggering. What can we expect to see in the future when it comes to generative AI? Well, we can expect to see AI models that are more context-aware, capable of more nuanced interactions, and even more tightly integrated with other existing and emerging technologies. So what should businesses do to prepare for these changes? Well, in a fast-paced technological landscape, timing is everything. Early adoption of generative AI technologies not only provides a competitive edge, but also allows for a more seamless transition as the technology evolves. Organizations that invest in AI now will be better positioned to leverage future advancements, ensuring long-term success. It's clear. The future of generative AI is not just promising, it's imminent. The technology is advancing at an unprecedented rate, offering unparalleled opportunities for innovation and growth. The time to leverage the transformative power of generative AI is now, and that's where we conclude this podcast series. Thank you, Michael, for your insights. Thank you, everyone. It's been a pleasure exploring this transformative landscape with you. And that's where we sign off. 
Remember to download our white paper for even more information on generative AI or to book your generative AI masterclass with Michael in person. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And to conclude, I wanted to stress the power of generative AI as this whole podcast was generated by it. Thanks to ChatGPT for transforming our white paper into a conversational podcast script. Thanks to Eleven Labs for cloning our voices and generating the audio samples. And thanks to MusicGen for generating a catchy intro tune. It's been a pleasure. See you. 